Hey guys, welcome to the show. It is Fact Fridays on Acknowledge Dogs. That's where we are going to talk about some deep facts. We're going to dispel some myths and help you guys get your brain right about your dog. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Fact Friday. Okay, today we're talking about one of the biggest facts in modern dog training is enrichment. Okay, enrichment is doing things or having activities in place so that your dog can have mental and physical stimulation without having to go for hikes or other things, which can be considered enrichment. Okay, but what we're talking about today is enrichment activities where you can set things up, you can have your dog do it, and you can go do other things in life that you have to do because you're a busy individual and dog training takes a lot of time. And so if we can break up these chunks into smaller sections throughout life, we're not spending hours and hours a day trying to fix a problem, right? What usually happens, okay, this is a slight little tangent, right? Let's say you're doing laundry. You could do laundry twice a week, small loads, twice a week. Maybe washing takes 20 minutes, drying takes a half hour. That's one hour twice a week. That's two hours. Or, okay, or you can do what many individuals I know is they make a day out of doing their laundry every two and a half weeks. It's a whole day. It's a whole ordeal, right? Because first off, you got to shove all of your laundry into three baskets. You got to put them into the car. You got to go to the laundromat or you have it in your own house. You cram as much as you can into three different washers. You try to do them all at the same time. So let's say you do them all at the same time, but you got bigger loads. So now it's going to take 45 minutes to wash. Okay, let's just round. We'll say an hour because you're probably going to forget about it. And then you're going to have to go do it again, right? That oftentimes happens. You get stuck doing something else. So now a 45-minute wash becomes an hour wash. Now we're taking time to transfer all of that to different dryers. And if you have multiple loads and you only have one washer and dryer, this is going to take so much longer. Okay, but let's say you went to the laundromat because that's what I do. I, lo- I support my local businesses. I go to my laundromat. So I, I put in three dryers, and these all take an hour because they're bigger dryers because I have a lot more clothes. So now we got an hour plus another hour. Okay, that's still two hours, but now you got to fold all of those clothes. And because you have so many clothes, let's take another hour and a half. Not to consider that you had to transport, move everything, you know, just go, go over the top over everything. So let's say it takes you four to five hours to do your laundry. Four to five hours to do your laundry when you could have just spent two hours. Now, sure, you could pile that up. Now, because I said two weeks, okay? So two weeks, two hours a week comes down to, I don't know why I'm blanking, two hours a week, four four hours. <laughs> it's early in the morning, guys. Don't, uh, don't bash me for math. So it's four hours every two weeks instead of five hours every two weeks. Which would you prefer? Personally, I would prefer the hour or the two hours once a week. Why? Because it's smaller. It seems more manageable to me than cramming it all together. So with dog training, it's the same thing. Why would you cram everything together, try to fix a behavior problem in six hours on a Saturday, instead of saying, okay, for breakfast this morning, instead of just putting your food in the food bowl and calling it a day, I'm going to do something. Or dinner. Okay, if you're not a morning person, you can do it with dinner. Oh, I've had a long day at work. and Well, you didn't do it this morning, so you got to do it at dinner. Pick, pick your poison. Wake up 10 minutes earlier. 
which means you got to go to sleep 10 minutes earlier. Okay, you get the same amount of sleep. Wake up 10 minutes earlier or stay up 10 minutes later and work with your dog. You have a dog. You have a problem. You're trying to fix something. You're only going to fix it if you implement it. All right, that is my PSA for the day. So we got enrichment. You got something for your dog to do. And we're going to break today's category up into three sections. Okay, we got the snuggle mat, okay, or the snuffle mat, that type of enrichment, okay, where they have to sift through something in order to get reinforcement. We have the search, which means physically moving about an environment, looking for reinforcement. And the third one is hard to get to. Haha. <laughs> okay. So let's first go through the snuffle mat or the snuckle mat or whatever you want to call it. You can use grass for this, which I don't know why people don't think about. You can usually use grass. Take your dog's food and sprinkle it out on the floor in the backyard on grass. That's a snuffle mat. Super simple, right? All they got to do is now scour through those blades of grass to find reinforcement. That's enrichment. They're smelling the grass. They're they're moving around. They're they're pushing grass out of the way to get their reinforcement. They get their reinforcement. Great. They're going to keep looking through the grass. Now you might not want your dog to do that, right? You don't want them sniffing through the grass. Okay. Don't do this one. That's why we got two other ones. But if you're okay with them sniffing through the grass, let them sniff through the grass. What does it matter? <clears throat> Right? As long as you've worked on obedience and you got a solid recall, it shouldn't matter if they're sniffing through the grass. The other thing you can do is practice obedience while practicing enrichment. Because they're going to enjoy the enrichment activities. So what I'll do with my dogs is I send them to go do the enrichment activity and then I recall them away either before they get to the activity, during the activity, or when they're done with the activity. What does this teach them? Obedience trumps anything that's you know externally fun. I have access to all those external fun things, and I will give them to you, but you have to respond to me every single time I ask. But I digress. We go over that on another episode. So you can go buy those snuffle mats, or you can even make them yourself. Right? One of the the best snuffle mats I had ever seen was a ball snuffle mat. That sounds kind of weird. It was a ball. It was like a cage, and you put the treats in the cage, and then it had the snuffle parts on the outside, just those little fabric phalanges, those fabric fingers coming out. And it intrigued the dog enough to push it around and then treats would just fall out of it. And it was great. Okay, you could do that. You could just get one of those um, like shower mats. Yeah, the shower mats. When you step out of the shower, <clears throat> excuse me, when you step out of the shower and you land on a shower mat that's all fuzzy, you can get one of those. You can go to Target and get one of those college dorm blankets that have all the flies all over it. I don't know why anyone would want that in their college dorm. It's never something I've ever wanted. Uh, and I've never known somebody to want it. But they sell them at Target. And I have known people that have had it. But I, I, they never used it. And it just sat there. And anyway. Again, I digress. You can use that as a means of enrichment. Okay. Or you can take a towel. Crunkle it up on the floor. And then sprinkle treats all over it. That's great. Right? Any any level of fabric or material that your dog can sift through, stretch out, pull on to get the reward is great. Next, we have the search game. Okay, This is a great game whether you want to do competition work with your dog and actually teach them search, or just for fun as an enrichment. I use it as an enrichment all the time. I'll put my dog into a sit. I take their food. I hide it somewhere in the house. 
I then just give them a search queue. Sounds simple enough, right? Well, what it teaches them is that not only do I have control over the access to the food, right? We'll do obedience and then I'll start send them to search, but it gives them something to look forward to, right? And they have to actively search for reinforcement, which is sniffing and moving around obstacles and bumping into things and climbing over stuff sometimes. And they love doing that, so why not implement it into our daily routine? So they'll just search, 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 search. They find out what they're doing. Great. Boom. They get the reward. Then you can implement number one and number two. So you put a snuffle mat somewhere and you tell them to search. And now they're searching around the apartment, the, the house, whatever. They get to the snuffle mat. Great. Now, not only have you prolonged the exercise, but you've also taught them that at the end, they might have a puzzle. They might have to figure something out, which is great for enrichment, physical and mental activity. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. This could also be a way to get them to do something for an extended period of time while you do something else. So in my case, I have two dogs. If I want to do obedience with one dog and I want to do an enrichment with another dog, I'll send one dog on the search to snuffle mat and I'll do obedience with the second dog. That way, the first dog isn't bothering me about getting a treat because I'm working specifically with one dog and I can give my entire devotion and dedication to this one dog because the other dog is doing something else. See what I mean? Right? I've, I've strategically separated them without having to put one in the crate or in a place while I work on the other one. Right? The other one's doing something. It's like having kids. You send one to soccer practice and one to karate. That's just how it is. If you had one at soccer practice and you had to watch the other one, you're now... Right? You're doing two things at once, which is not what you want to do. You want to have them doing two things at once, or one thing each. Right? You want to lessen the amount of effort that you have to put forth, because you're already putting forth effort, and everybody's looking for easier ways to do things. I'm not saying you should be lazy. By no means am I saying you should be lazy. But you don't want to put forth so much effort when you could make things so much easier and now devote your time towards something else. Right? Let's say I was working on a downstay, with Hawk, and I did an enrichment search activity to Snuffle Mat with Tommy. Now I can make breakfast for my son. While still training a downstay, and while my other dog, Tommy, is still doing the search to Snuffle Mat. I can make pancakes. I can make waffles. I can clean the kitchen. I can work on desensitizing Hawk to the vacuum by vacuuming the kitchen, right? Whatever, whatever it is. I can now do three things at once. I'm training two dogs, which is two separate activities. I'm training two dogs, one with enrichment, one with classical obedience, and now desensitizing while cleaning the kitchen, while cleaning the house, while making breakfast, while getting ready for work. Ooh, there you go. Right? You can get ready for work while training your dogs at the same exact time. That's crazy. You can watch Netflix while training dogs at the same time. You can read a book while training dogs at the same time. How do you build more time when it comes to training your dogs? I know we've gone on that tangent twice now today, I think. 
<laughs> clearly there's something going on in my life where I need to talk about attention and focus and building more time. Okay, so the last one that I want to talk about today is something that's hard to get to. Now, this can be frustrating for your dog, but sometimes it is a great way to keep them mentally and physically active. Puzzles are things that are hard to get to. Okay, reinforcement. To earn reinforcement, they have to do something that's particularly challenging. Figure out this puzzle and you get reinforcement. A Kong is a great way to do it. Put a whole bunch of kibble in there, put it upside down so they have to knock it over to get the food out. That's hard to get to. It's easy to get to relative to us, but if your dog doesn't know what to do with the Kong and they don't push it over and they just stare at it and wait for it to magically do something, it's hard to get to. Okay, I'll take my dog's food bowl, pour food on the floor, put the food bowl on top, and let them figure it out. That's hard to get to. You build up their motivation to continue to try despite not getting immediate reinforcement. You teach them that prolonged effort will get reinforced. And you, re you reward that effort. You don't just reward the behavior of getting through, but you reward all of that effort, which is huge when we're trying to build dogs' motivations for other things. Right? Toy drive is what some people would say. And if you know anything about the Adnotic Dogs and Matador Canine, drives don't exist. But I digress once again. So if we were trying to build our dog's motivation towards a toy, we would make it hard to get to. Okay, if you're doing search work, right, you can implement search and toy. So you can put the toy somewhere and your dog searches for it and they finally find it, but they can't get to it. So now they bark or they scratch or they paw or they come get you and they bring you over to it. That's enrichment. That's physically engaging and mentally engaging for them. Right? I want to get it so bad that now I have to think of what I can do in order to get it. Whether they get it or not, they have to think. And then eventually you reward them with something. Okay. Now you can also do, let's say, chase. Right? So you could just, yeah, you could just have them chase the ball. They get it. Great. Now you play tug. Or you could have them chase and then hide it. Chase and then hide it. Chase and then hide it. And now they go, okay, i got to get faster in order to catch this thing before it goes away. That's mentally engaging. It's physically engaging as well, but it's mentally engaging, and that's what we're trying to do with enrichment. How do we mentally stimulate the dog and try to simulate a natural environment as much as possible? Right? A squirrel that climbs up a tree would be harder to get to, and so your dog would have to figure out, okay, how do I either get up this tree, or how can I get this squirrel to come down? Or... How can I get better at hunting to the point where I can't, I don't have to chase the, the squirrel up the tree, right? How can I get better at hunting so I don't have to chase the squirrel up the tree, but rather I can catch the squirrel before they get up the tree? Mm, right? So that, that creates the dog to think, to have to figure out in advance or during on how to solve a problem. So those are our three. You got your stuffle mat. You got something that your dog has to sift through, which could be grass, which could be a blanket. You can even take a blanket, lay it out, put treats on it, and roll it up. That's a big one. Now they gotta right roll unroll it or turn it on its side and thrash. Then we have a search exercise, search game, which is great for confidence in any new environment. And if your dog your dog knows the game, you can do it in all these different places. Right? And you can do it at the park, you can do it at a parking lot, you can do it at a playground, which is huge. Okay, if your playground allows dogs, some don't. You can do it at a friend's house. You can do it at your house, your grandma's house, your grandpa's house, your other friend's house, your neighbor's house, right? Anywhere that you can bring your dog, you should do this exercise. It teaches them to 
explore and search around without getting in trouble. Okay. It teaches them that there's fun games to be had everywhere and they shouldn't be nervous about things. And it builds their confidence. I used to use it in a car. My first dog didn't like the car, and so we played the search game in the car, and it taught her the car is this place of enjoyment. I should be looking forward to the car. Right? But if every time I put her in the car, I brought her to the vet, and she didn't like the vet, she's going to hate the car. That's just, that's just what's going to happen. So we have to implement something to change her mind about that. And then finally, we have hard to get to. How hard are you going to make the exercise for your dog? Well, it depends on your dog. Right? You don't want to make an exercise too easy, because then it's not hard to get to. It's not mentally stimulating. I had a puzzle that I gave to two of my dogs, and they loved it. It was great for them. It was challenging. Gave it to my third dog, Hawk. He just threw it against the wall. It broke open. Super simple. Now he likes to smack things because he figured that was a way to get reinforcement. So that's not challenging to him. I need to get something more challenging. And I've debated getting those. Um, they look like trays, and they have to sl- like move the slider piece, and that's where the treat is. And I've debated getting that because I know he's just going to pick it up and throw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put the money in the effort into it and have him ruin it. I got him a ball recently with holes in it, and the treats will come out the holes. But again, you got to find what's mentally and physically challenging for your dog at a level that works for them. It keeps them successful, builds their confidence. Okay, if you're not going to do that, then the enrichment isn't going to matter anyway. Right? If you're going to work at a wrong level, you're going to be like, well, enrichment doesn't work for my dog. Yes, it does. works for every dog. The problem is the level of enrichment isn't right. You're, you're at the wrong level. Okay, you got to find what works for your dog and then do it. it. It's not that simple, but it is that simple. Okay, Snuffle mat or similar. Search and hard to get to. Good luck. Thanks for listening. You can comment and share on any social media platform. We would love to see the enrichment exercises that you're doing with your dog. Stay training. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors, reach the goals that you want, and have the dog that always listens. Thank you.